<clears throat> Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the, to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the Haven, which is located in Hyde, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We are again uh, blessed with the company of uh, <clears throat> our guests. Dharvidaraj uh, <clears throat> and Nandakumar and Gauri Radhika, Devadasi, Hare Krishna. Thank you for coming. And we have our fact checker, luckily, Abhay Das Pramajai. Okay. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami. Uh, five verses which are composed uh, for the Sri Krishna Lila Stava, which is a very beautiful, small literature glorifying uh, Vrindavan Lila of Krishna. And <clears throat> um, his idea was to offer 108 obeisances to Krishna Lila in Vrindavan and when he came to the end 107th obeisance he decided to offer his obeisances to the Srimad Bhagavatam which brought us the Krishna Lila it goes like this <clears throat> Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarvalokaikadrikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvanduritaditya, Sri Krishna Paribhartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Mareka bando mat sangin mat guru mat mahadana man nisadagamat bhagya mat anandanamostute My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhu tadayin atini chuchata kada hanamunchakadachin mam premna ritkanta yukspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice 
with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we reach the ninth chapter of the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Dhruva Maharaj returns home. After reaching perfection, Dhruva Maharaj is praying to the Lord. We start with text 11. Dhruva Maharaj continued, O unlimited Lord, kindly bless me so that I may associate with great devotees who engage in your transcendental loving service constantly as the waves of a river, river constantly flow. Such transcendental devotees are completely situated in an uncontaminated state of life. By the process of devotional service, I shall surely be able to cross the nascent ocean of material existence, which is filled with the waves of blazing, fire-like dangers. It will be very easy for me, for I am becoming mad to hear about your transcendental qualities and pastimes, which are eternally existent. Purport. The significant point in Dhruva Maharaja's statement is that he wanted the association of pure devotees. Transcendental devotional service cannot be complete and cannot be relishable without the association of devotees. We have therefore established the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Anyone who is trying to be aloof from this Krishna conscious society and yet engage in Krishna consciousness is living in a great hallucination for this is not possible. From this statement by Dhruva Maharaj, it is clear that unless one is associated with devotees, his devotional service does not mature. It does not become distinct from material activities. The Lord says, Satang prasangang mamavirya sambido bhavanti vitkarna rasayana Bhagavatam 3.25 Only in the association of pure devotees can the words of Lord Krishna be fully potent and relishable to the heart and ear. Dhruva Maharaj explicitly wanted the association of devotees. That association in devotional activities is just like the waves of an incessantly flowing river. In our Krishna Consciousness Society, we have full engagement, 24 hours a day. Every moment of our time is always busily engaged in the service of the Lord. This is called the incessant flow of devotional service. A Mayavadi philosopher may question us. You may be very happy in the association of the devotees, 
But what is your plan for crossing the ocean of material existence? Dhruva Maharaja's answer is that it is not very difficult. He clearly says that this ocean can be crossed very easily if one simply becomes mad to hear the glories of the Lord. Bhagavad Gunakata, Bhagavad Gunakata, for anyone who persistently engages in hearing the topics of the Lord from Srimad Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, and Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, and who is actually addicted to this process, just as one becomes addicted to intoxicants, it is very easy to cross the nations of material existence. The ocean of material nations is compared to a blazing fire, but to a devotee, this blazing fire is insignificant because he is completely absorbed in devotional service. Although the material world is, blaze, is blazing fire, to a devotee it appears full of pleasure, vishwam, purna, sukhayate. The purport of this statement by Dhruva Maharaj is that devotional service in the association of devotees is the cause of the development of further devotional service. By devotional service only is one elevated to the transcendental planet Goloka Vrindavan. And there is there also there is only devotional service. For the activities of devotional service, both in this world and in the spiritual world, are one and the same. Devotional service does not change. The example of a mango can be given here. If one gets a, an unripe mango, it is still a mango. And when it is ripe, it remains the same mango. But it has become more tasteful and relishable. Similarly, there is devotional service performed according to the direction of the spiritual master and the injunctions and regulated principles of Shastra. And there is devotional service in the spiritual world, rendered directly in association with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But they are both the same. There is no change. The difference is that one, that, 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 that one stage is unripe and the other is ripe and more relishable. It is possible to mature in devotional service only in the association of devotees. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 12. <clears throat> o Lord, who has a lotus navel, if a person happens to associate with a devotee whose heart always hankers after your lotus feet, seeking always their fragrance, he is never attached to the material body or in bodily relationship, to offspring, friends, home, wealth, and wife, which are very, very dear to materialistic persons. Indeed, he does not care for them. Purport. A special advantage in devotional service is that devotees not only enjoy the transcendental pastimes of the Lord by hearing and chanting and glorifying them, but also are not very much attached to their bodies. Unlike the yogis, 
who are too attached to the body and who think that by performing bodily gymnastic exercises they will advance in spiritual consciousness. Yogis are generally not very much interested in devotional service. They want to regulate the breathing process. This is simply a bodily concern. Here Dhruva Maharaj plainly says that a devotee has no more bodily interest. He knows that he is not the body. From the very beginning, therefore, without wasting time in bodily exercises, a devotee searches out a pure devotee and simply by his association becomes more advanced in spiritual consciousness than any yogi. Because a devotee knows that he is not the body, he is never affected by bodily happiness or distress. He is not interested in bodily relationships with wife, children, home, bank balance, and so on, or in the distress and happiness which comes from these things. This is the special advantage of being a devotee. This status of life is, on, is possible only when a person is interested in associating with a pure devotee who always enjoys the fragrance of the lotus feet of the Lord. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 13 O my dear Lord, O supreme unborn, I know that the different varieties of living entities such as animals, trees, birds, reptiles, demigods and human beings are spread throughout the universe which is caused by the total material energy. And I know that they are sometimes manifest and sometimes unmanifest. But I have never experienced the supreme form I behold as I see you now. Now all kinds of methods of theorizing have come to an end. Purport In the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that He has spread Himself throughout the universe, but although everything is resting upon Him, He is aloof. The same concept is expressed here by Dhruva Maharaj. He states that before seeing the transcendental form of the Lord, He had experienced only the varieties of material forms, which are counted at 8,400,000 species of aquatics, birds, beasts, and so on. The fact is that unless one engages in the devotional service of the Lord, it is impossible to understand the ultimate form of the Lord. This is also confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 18.55 Bhaktya Mam Abhijanati Factual understanding of the Absolute Truth who is the Supreme Person, cannot be obtained by any process other than devotional service. Dhruva Maharaj here compares his previous state of understanding with the perfection of understanding in the presence of the Supreme Lord. The position of a living entity is to render service. Unless he comes to the stage of appreciating the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he engages in the service of the various forms of trees, 
reptiles, animals, men, demigods, and so on. One can experience that one man engages in the service of a dog, another serves plants and creepers, another the demigods, and another humanity. Or his boss in the office. But no one is engaged in the service of Krishna. Aside from common aside from common men, even men who are elevated in terms of spiritual understanding are at the utmost engaged in the service of the Virat Purupa or unable to understand the ultimate form of the Lord, they worship voidism by meditation. Dhruva Maharaj, however, had been blessed by the Supreme Lord. When the Lord touched his conch shell to Dhruva's forehead, real knowledge was revealed from within, and Dhruva could understand the Lord's transcendental form. Dhruva Maharaj here admits that not only was he ignorant, but by years he was only a child. It would not have been possible for an ignorant child to appreciate the supreme form of the Lord had he not been blessed by the Lord who had touched his conch shell to Dhruva's forehead. Text 14 My dear Lord, at the end of each millennium, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Garbhotakashayi Vishnu, dissolves everything manifested within the universe into his belly. He lies down on the lap of Sheshanaga. From his navel sprouts a golden lotus flower on a stem, and on that lotus, Lord Brahma is created. I can understand that you are the, supreme, the same Supreme Godhead. I therefore offer my respectful obeisances unto you. PURPORT Dhruva Maharaja's understanding of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is complete. In the Vedas it is said, Kasmin Tupagabo Bhigyate, Tasmin Nu Bhagavo Bhigyate, Sarvam Idam Bhigatam Bhavatiti. Mundaka Upanishad 1.3 Knowledge received through the transcendental, causeless mercy of the Lord is so perfect that by, by that knowledge the devotee becomes acquainted with all the different manifestations of the Lord. Lord Shri Vishnu was present before Dhruva Maharaj who could also understand the Lord's two other forms, namely Garbhatakashaya Vishnu and Karunandakashaya Mahavishnu. Regarding Mahavishnu, it is stated in the Brahma Sangita 548 Vishnur Mahan Govindam Adipurusham Tamaham Bajami. At the end of each and every millennium, when all the material worlds are dissolved, everything enters the body 
of Garbhadrakachai Vishnu, who was lying on the lap of Sheshanaga, another form of the Lord. Those who are not devotees cannot understand the different forms of Vishnu and their positions in regard to the creation. Sometimes the atheists argue, how can a flower stem sprout from the navel of Garbhadakashaya Vishnu? They consider all the statements of the Shastras to be stories. As a result of their inexperience in the Absolute Truth and their reluctance to accept authority, they become more and more atheistic. They cannot understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But a devotee like Dhruva Maharaj, by the grace of the Lord, knows all the manifestations of the Lord and their different positions. It is said that anyone who has even a little of the Lord's grace can understand His glories. Others may go on speculating on the Absolute Truth, but they will always be unable to understand the Lord. In other words, Unless one comes in contact with a devotee, it is not possible to understand the transcendental form or the spiritual world and its transcendental activities. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Texts 15. <clears throat> My Lord, by your unbroken transcendental glance, you are the supreme witness of all stages of intellectual activities. You are eternally liberated. Your existence is situated in pure goodness. And you are existent in the Supersoul without change. You are the original personality of Godhead, full with six opulences. And you are eternally the master of the three modes of material nature. Thus, you are always different from the ordinary living entities. As Lord Vishnu, you maintain all the affairs of the entire universe, and yet you stand aloof and are the enjoyer of the results of all sacrifices. Purport An atheistic argument against the supremacy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead states that if God, the Supreme Person, appears and disappears and sleeps and awakens, then what is the difference between God and the living entity? Dhruva Maharaj is carefully distinguishing the existence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead from that of the living entities. He points out the following differences. The Lord is eternally liberated. Whenever He appears, even within this material world, he is never entangled by the three modes of material nature. He is therefore, he is known therefore as Triadisha, the master of the three modes of material nature. In Bhagavad Gita 7.14, it is said, Daiviesha Gunamayi Mamamaya Duratyaya. The living entities are all entangled in the three modes of material nature. The external energy of the Lord is very strong, but the Lord, as the master of the three modes of material nature, is ever liberated 
from the action and reaction of those modes. He therefore is uncontaminated, as stated in the Ishopanishad. The contamination of the material world does not affect the Supreme Godhead. Krishna therefore says in the Bhagavad Gita that those who are rascals and fools think of him as an ordinary human being, not knowing his param bhavam. Param bhavam refers to his being always transcendentally situated. Material contamination cannot affect him. Another difference between the Lord and the living entity is that the living entity is always in darkness. Even though he may be situated in the mode of goodness, there are still so many things which are unknown to him. But it is not the same for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He knows past, present and future and everything that is happening in everyone's heart. Bhagavad Gita confirms this, Vidaham Samatitani. The Lord is not part of the soul, He is the unchangeable Supreme Lord, and the living entities are His parts and parcels. The living entity is forced to appear in this material world under the direction of Daiva Maya. But when the Lord appears, He comes by His own internal potency, Atma Maya. Besides that, a living entity is within the time of past, present, and future. His life has a beginning, a birth, and in the conditioned state, his life ends with death. But the Lord is Adi Purusha, the original person. In the Brahma Sangita, Lord Brahma offers his respect to the Adi Purusha, Govinda, the original person who has no beginning, whereas the creation of this material world has a beginning. The Vedanta says, Janmad Yasya Yataha. Everything is born from the Supreme, but the Supreme has no birth. He has all the six opulences in full and beyond comparison. He is the master of material nature. His intelligence is not broken under any circumstances, and he stands aloof, although he is the maintainer of the whole creation. As stated in the Vedas, Kata Upanishad 2.2.13 Nityo Nityanam Chaitanash Chaitananam The Lord is the supreme maintainer. Living entities are meant to serve Him by offering sacrifices, for He is the rightful enjoyer of the results of all sacrifices. Everyone, therefore, should engage himself in the devotional service of the Lord with his life, his riches, his intelligence, and his words. This is the original constitutional position of the living entities. One should never compare the sleeping of an ordinary entity to the sleeping of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the causal ocean. There is no stage at which the living entity can, can compare to the Supreme Person. The Mayavadi philosophers, being unable to adjust to all this, come to the conclusion of impersonalism or voidism.
text 16. My dear Lord, in your impersonal manifestation of Brahman, there are always two opposing elements, <clears throat> knowledge and ignorance. Your multi-energies are continually manifest, but in the impersonal Brahman, which is undivided, original, changeless, unlimited and blissful, it is the cause of the material manifestation. Because you are the supreme impersonal Brahman, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. Purport In the Brahma Sangita, it is said that the unlimited impersonal Brahman is the effulgence of the transcendental body of Govinda. In that unlimited effulgent aura of the supreme personality of Godhead, there are innumerable universes with innumerable planets of different categories. Although the Supreme Person is the original cause of all causes, His impersonal effulgence, known as Brahman, is the immediate cause of the material manifestation. Dhruva Maharaj, therefore, offered His respectful obeisances unto the impersonal feature of the Lord. One who realizes this impersonal feature can enjoy the unchangeable Brahmananda described here as spiritual bliss. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur describes that this impersonal feature or Brahman manifestation of the Supreme Lord is meant for persons who are essentially very advanced but are still not able to understand the personal features or variegatedness of the spiritual world. Such devotees are known as Jnana Mishra Bhaktas or devotees whose devotional service is mixed with empiric knowledge. Because the impersonal Brahman realization is a partial understanding of the Absolute Truth, Dhruva Maharaj offers his respectful obeisances. It is said that this impersonal Brahman is the distant realization of the Absolute Truth. Although apparently Brahman seems to be devoid of energy, factually it has different energies working under the headings of knowledge and ignorance. On account of these different energies, there is continually a manifestation of Vidya and Avidya. Vidya and Avidya are very nicely described in the Ishupanishad. It is said there that sometimes, <clears throat> due to avidya, or a poor fund of knowledge, one accepts the absolute truth as ultimately impersonal. But in fact, the impersonal and personal realizations develop in proportion to the development of devotional service. The more we develop our devotional service, the more closely we approach the absolute truth which in the beginning, which we realize, when we realize the Absolute Truth from a distant place, is manifest as impersonal. People in general who are under the influence of the Avidya Shakti or Maya have neither knowledge nor devotion. But when a person who is a little advanced 
and is therefore called a jnani, advances even more. He is in the category of a jnana mishra bhakta, or a devotee whose love is mixed with empiric knowledge. When he is still further advanced, he can realize that the absolute truth is a person with multi-energies. An advanced devotee can understand the Lord and His creative energy. As soon as one accepts the creative energy of the Absolute Truth, the six opulences of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are also understood. Devotees who are still further advanced in full knowledge can understand the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. Only on that platform can one fully enjoy transcendental bliss. An example is given in this connection by Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur of a person proceeding towards a destination. As he approaches, he sees the destination from a distant place, just as we see a city from a distance. At that time, he simply understands that the city is simply at a distance. When, however, he comes still nearer, he sees the domes and flags. But as soon as he enters the city, he sees various paths, gardens, lakes, and marketplaces with shops and persons buying. He sees varieties of cinema houses, and he sees dancing and jubilation. When a person actually enters the city and personally sees the activities of the city, he becomes satisfied. Text 17. My Lord, O Supreme Lord, You are the supreme personified form of all benediction. Therefore, for one who abides in Your devotional service with no other desire, worshipping Your lotus feet is better than becoming king and lording it over a kingdom. That is the benediction of worshipping Your lotus feet. To ignorant devotees like me, you are the causelessly merciful maintainer, just like a cow who takes care of the newly born calf by supplying milk and giving it protection from attack. From attack. Purport. Dhruva Maharaj was cognizant of the defective nature of his own devotional service. Pure devotional service is without material form and is not covered by mental speculation or fruitive activities. Pure devotional service is therefore called a haituki, unmotivated. Dhruva Maharaj knew that he had come to worship the Lord in devotional service with a motive to get the kingdom of his father. Such an adulterated devotee can never see the Supreme Personality of Godhead face to face. He therefore felt very grateful for the causeless mercy of the Lord. The Lord is so merciful that not only does He fulfill the desires of a devotee who is driven by ignorance and desires for material benefit, but He also gives such a devotee all protection, just as a cow gives milk 
to a newly born calf. In the Bhagavad Gita it is said that the Lord gives intelligence to the constantly engaged devotee so that he may gradually approach the Lord without difficulty. A devotee must be very sincere in his devotional service. Then, although there may be many things wrong on the devotee's part, Krishna will guide him and gradually elevate him to the highest position of devotional service. The Lord is addressed herein by Dhruva Maharaj as Purushartha Murti, the ultimate goal of life. Generally, Purushartha is taken to mean execution of, di of, of, of a type of religious principle or worship of God in order to get material benediction. Prayers for material benediction are intended for satisfying the senses. And when one is frustrated and cannot fully satisfy the senses in spite of all endeavor, he desires liberation or freedom from material existence. These activities are generally called Purusharta, but actually the ultimate goal is to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is called Panchama Purusharta, the ultimate goal of life. Lord Chaitanya therefore taught us not to ask from the Supreme Personality of Godhead any benediction such as material wealth, popularity, or a good wife. One should simply pray to the Lord to be constantly engaged in His transcendental loving service. Dhruva Maharaj, being cognizant of his desire for material benefit, wanted protection from the Lord so that he might not be misled or deviated from the path of devotional service by material desires. Text 18 The great sage Maitreya continued, My dear Vidura, when Dhruva Maharaj, who had good intentions in his heart, finished his prayer, the Supreme Lord, the Personality of Godhead, who was very kind to his devotees and servants, congratulated him, speaking as follows. Text 19 The Personality of Godhead said, My dear Dhruva, son of the king, you have executed pious vows and I also know the desire within your heart. Although your desire is very ambitious and very difficult to fulfill, I shall favor you with its fulfillment. All good fortune unto you. Purport. The Lord is so merciful to his devotee that he immediately said to Dhruva Maharaj, Let there be all good fortune for you. The fact is that Dhruva Maharaj was very much afraid in his mind, for he had aspired after material benefit in discharging his devotional service. And this was hampering him from reaching the stage of love of God. In the Bhagavad Gita 2.44, it is said, Bhogashvarya prasaktanam Those who are addicted to material pleasure cannot be attracted to devotional service. It was true that at heart 
Dhruva Maharaj wanted a kingdom that would be far better than Brahmaloka. This was a natural desire for a Chatriya. He was only he was also only five years old, and in his childish way, he desired to have a kingdom far greater than his father's, grandfather's, or great-grandfather's. His father, Uttanapad, was the son of Manu, and Manu was the son of Lord Brahma. Dhruva wanted to excel all these great family members. The Lord knew Dhruva Maharaja's childish ambition, but how is it possible to offer Dhruva a position more exalted than Lord Brahma's? The Lord assured Dhruva Maharaj that Dhruva would not be, ref, be bereft of the Lord's love. He encouraged Dhruva not to be worried that he childishly had material desires and at the same time had the pure aspiration to be a great devotee. Generally, the Lord does not award a pure devotee material opulence, even though he may desire it. But Dhruva Maharaja's case was different. The Lord knew that he was such a great devotee that in spite of having material opulence, he would never be deviated from love of God. This example illustrates that a highly qualified devotee can have the facility of material enjoyment and at the same time execute love of God. This, however, was a special case for Dhruva Maharaj. Hare Krishna. So we'll stop our reading for tonight. It's almost 8 o'clock, believe it or not. 45 minutes later. Yeah. It's mystical. So we'll start tomorrow with text 20 and 21. And we'll wait patiently for the <clears throat> reflections of the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. Sudevi Dasi. Yes, Sudevi Dasi. What's on your mind tonight? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Back to you. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. We've got a thing going on. Fair enough. <laughs> Hare Krishna dear Maharaj and all assembled sages, all glories to Srila Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam. Jai Ho Maharaj for your daily reading service of Srila Prabhupada's books. All right. Thank you so much for the encouragement. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Haribo, welcome back. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj. Happy to be back. Mm. And from Sarvagya. Yes, Sarvagya. Please accept my humble obeisance to you, Maharaj. Can you please clarify, Maharaj, this Dushyanta and Shakuntala son is King Bharat, right? And I heard Rishabha and Jayati's son is also King Bharat. 
Is it, Maharaj? And he came back next life, Chad Bharat. The, the Bharat Maharaj, who is the son of Vishabdev, renounced the world very early on when he was young and he went to the forest. And there he attained bhava, the preliminary stage of love of God. But while he was in that condition, uh, a, a, a deer, uh, a pregnant deer, was frightened by the roar of a lion or tiger and jumped over a little river, a little stream, and delivered a fawn, a baby deer. And as is natural for any human being to see a helpless creature, Bharat Maharaj took it, took it in, gave it shelter, nursed it back to health, and became very attached to it. He became so attached to it that gradually he forgot his spiritual practices. And when it came time for him to leave his body, he was thinking of the deer, and he, he took the body of a deer. But as the body in the body of a deer, because he had attained a very high level of consciousness in his previous life, the deer could remember his spiritual activities. And he purposely stayed away from the deer society and eventually left his body and attained the, the body of Jad Bharat. So this is the Bharat. There are many Bharats, actually, in the history of the universe. But this particular king, Bharat, is the king that the, that the earth was named after, Bharat Varsha, Hare Krishna. Yes, Nandukumar. Um, thank you so much again for the opportunity to be here. Um, yeah, today we had uh, a personality of Godhead coming up on the our the, before there was um, Drew Maharaj offering prayers to the Lord and Shri Prabhupada. Uh, diving deeper and explaining them then today the Lord was replying to Dhruva Maharaj yes. uh, what caught my attention was um, the Lord um, how Dhruva Maharaj was explaining about Lord's effulgence mm. and uh, how much is going on in the Lord effulgence mm. that was kind of struck me you know just in his effulgence mm there is the whole material creation there is so many things going on just in effulgence it's not really uh, i should say so personally involved there but he's it's just his effulgence um, that somehow caught my attention yeah and, and according to the bhagavatam vedanti tattva 
Tatpavidas Tatpam Yad Gyanam Advayam Brahmiti Paramatmiti Bhagavan Iti Shabyate. So the effulgence of Brahman is the effulgence of Krishna. So it is Krishna. When they realize Brahman effulgence, the Mayavadis aren't realizing the Brahman effulgence. Maybe some of them, a few of them. But most of them they're after something else and they go they don't go to the Brahman effulgence. Because it is Krishna. And you can't enter the Brahman effulgence unless you're sincere, very sincere. And the Brahmavadis, on the other hand, they take the process of devotional life and devotional service and they gradually realize the absolute truth, as it says in the Bhagavatam, in three features. So the Brahman effulgence is just Krishna being realized from a great distance, as it, as it talked about in the purport you know so from a great distance the Lord appears to be like if you look at the sun try to look at the sun with your naked eye when it's bright and full mm -hmm. in the air you can't look at it you can't see it all you see is the effulgence and because the Lord is the, the Lord's form is made of Satchitananda uh, eternity knowledge and bliss. These are the three energies that combine together to make the spiritual forms in the spiritual world. Whereas in the material world, it's goodness, passion, and ignorance, basically. So it's a completely different experience. It's the basis of bliss, but it's not full bliss. Hmm. It's the basis of bliss because when you're in the Bhagavan Fulgence, you only realize the eternity feature. And there's bliss in that eternity feature of the Lord because you're no longer confronted with the uh, sufferings of the, of the three modes of material nature. You're free of the material modes of nature. You are liberated. But you still don't have chit, knowledge, or ananda, full bliss, because that can only be achieved in the personal association of the Lord. In, in loving exchange with the Lord, in your original relationship with the Lord. So, Dhruva Maharaj isn't on that platform, but he has, by the mercy of the Lord, been elevated to the position of love. By his, That's why he revealed himself to Dhruva, even though he had strong material desires hmm. because he was so innocent and young and just like Prahlad Maharaj was only five years old but Lord Nishingadev came to protect him so it's a very special uh, pastime and there are devotees who think that you know when we reach love of God and become gopis or cowherd boys or Rajvasis that you know they don't want to hear about anything else you know but the fact is that when the gopis are going through the forest with Krishna you know they sometimes ask him to tell them the story of Dhruva Maharaj hmm. so it's not that when you come to the stage of you know you know uh, 
Sakya Ras or Madhurya Ras that you only want to hear about one thing. No. Krishna's opulences are unlimited and even the highest devotees in Braj, they like to hear about those things, about the incarnations of Krishna and the great devotees of Krishna. That reminds me about Lord Chaitanya. Yes. He, he he constantly was the Dhruva Maharaj story yes. and, and Prahlad Maharaj. That was yes. his... Yes. Hare Krishna. Thank you. From Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances, Jai Sri the Prabhupada. In tonight's reading were so many gems and meaningful points. One is the classic statement in the purport of verse 11 that one who is thinking that he can make advancement outside the association mm. of devotees is living in a great hallucination. Really good to be reminded of this important point as I am now living alone since one year. I am getting some personal realizations on this point of needing to be with devotees, either online or in person. I find that without sufficient association I become anxious and morose, and with the devotees I become enlivened and happy. Mm. Thank God for Srila Prabhupada, who established centers all over the world where we can meet like-minded devotees and make mm. advancement together. Well, Rati, I mean, you may say that you're living alone, but every time, every almost every day, or at least a few times a week, you're sending me these clips where you're with devotees and having kirtan and spreading holy, ecstatic chanting of the holy name. So, Hare Krishna. I think you, uh, you have demonstrated you are attached to devotees and you are properly situated. Hare Krishna. Next is from Vilas Manjari. Yes, Vilas Manjari. Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to His Divine Grace. I thought it was wonderful how Dhruva's first blessing that he asked for after seeing the Lord was for the opportunity to associate with great devotees engaged mm. constantly in your loving service. Mm. This really illustrates how precious and powerful is such association. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for oh. that reflection. So true. There are devotees who think that these kinds of things are being put in by the editors into Prabhupada's books. Not true. There was one controversial uh, statement in Chaitanya Charitamrita that you know somebody accused you know Dravida of putting in as a political statement. But when they went right back to the OT, they found it right there. And then all he did was put it back where it belonged. So it's, it's, if people only knew how difficult it was to edit the Prabhupada's books and uh, how wonderful they are. Anybody who reads the books without the critical mentality and just hears the books in their present form, it's crystal clear. You don't, I, I've been reading these books for 50 years and I've seen so many versions and, you know, but but th these latest 
you know, corrections that have been made have made Prabhupada's books flow. You hear Prabhupada, you feel Prabhupada's presence, the potency of Prabhupada's uh, thoughts are, you know, so powerful. This is very important. You know, sometimes devotees get tested, and these are some of the ways that devotees get tested. They hear some untruth that is being put out as truth, and they have to learn to discriminate. And you can't learn to discriminate except in the association of pure devotees. That's a fact. Hare Krishna. Otherwise you can't touch the will of Prabhupada at all. You can't understand what his will was. One more comment from Vilas Manjari. Yes, Vilas Manjari. Also, this is such an attractive and compassionate quality of the Lord that he does whatever is needed to remove whatever is hampering a devotee from reaching love of God, mm. even if that means fulfilling an impossible material desire. <laughs> I heard Prabhupada say once that the Lord is so kind that you know, if you come to him and surrendered, he, he will fulfill all your desires even though you don't know you had yet. <laughs> so, what better way to get your desires fulfilled than to approach the Lord? Hare Krishna, the fulfillment of all desires, fulfiller of all desires. From Subarao? Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to His Divine Grace. Thank you for your daily readings. Hare Krishna. Although Dhruva Maharaj was very, very austere and performed great, a great deal of inconceivable tapasya, and even after the Lord appeared directly in front of him and blessed him, Dhruva Maharaj aspires and asks for a constant association of great devotees. Sadhu Sangha is the main driving force for developing and staying in bhakti process. Thank you for giving the association of Srimad Bhagavatam through the daily readings. Daily readings key dry. Thank you very much for those reflections. Beautiful. Thank you. And another gem is from 4917. Hmm. Quote, A devotee must be very sincere in his devotional service. And although there may be many things wrong on the devotee's part, Krishna will guide him and gradually elevate him to the highest position of devotional mm. service. Unquote. Intention matters. Yes. As Vaishya Prabhu always says, where attention goes, energy flows. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. I also love the point of devotional service being the same, either in the beginning or in yeah. the mature stage, just like a mango is always a mango, just becoming more sweet and relishable in its ripened state. It's so comforting and solidifying to know that we are already doing the right thing, the ultimate eternal activity of devotional service. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. 
even sadhana bhakti, even vaiti sadhana bhakti is bhakti. There are devotees who have left the movement who are putting forward the idea that you have to give up vaiti, that vaiti is not actually bhakti. But this goes exactly against what Dhruva Maharaj is saying here and what Prabhupada is explaining in the purports. You know, it, it, you know, if a man goes on a tree and it's green, it's, it's almost bitter. You can do something with it. You can make a cool drink with it or a pickle, you know, things like that. But if you just leave it on the tree and it gets ripe, then you taste something. It's special. It's especially sweet. King of fruits. But still, the mango is the mango. So a person even who's immature in devotional service is so elevated in relation to the general populace. Should exalted person. Even the Kanishtadikars, devotees, exalted persons. And it's not that you have to give up the, the very thing that when you perform it brings you to the point of spontaneous bhakti. But it is bhakti, the same, all the way through. Hare Krishna. Mm. Lovely point. But once again, I don't know anybody else. Yes, we have. Raj is going to make a comment. It is curious for me that in the story of Dhruva Maharaj and many other stories, devotees meet the Lord face to face and then they don't immediately quit to the spiritual world but stay in this world for some purpose. Yes, again, it's the same. It's the same. It's the Lord fulfilling the desire of the devotee. And many times the Lord will have the devotee stay in order to show the example to the rest of the universe. So it's not that just because a devotee sees the Lord that that's everything. It isn't. Daksha saw the Lord, but he didn't know what to do because he was too proud. He was materialistic even though he was high on the rung of sacrificial performers. He was one of the first Daksha. He was mind-born son of Brahma. He was the father of all sacrifice. And yet he was proud of the position and of the opulence and of the knowledge. And therefore when Vishnu appeared to him, he didn't know what to say or what to do. So it's not that just anybody, when they see the Lord, they get that kind of benediction that Dhruva Maharaj got. Subhra has a question. Yes, Subhra. In the association of devotees, many times folks are at different stages of mixed bhakti. Being a neophyte, how does it impact our consciousness? I am far, far, far away from pure devotional service. However, there is a mixed bag of bhakti in, in the sangha of devotees. If you are performing devotional service sincerely, even if you aren't perfect, 
it's pleasing to the Lord. Uh, Lord Ramachandra once said that if a person once actually surrenders to Krishna, or let's put it another way, if the devotee gives himself to Krishna, from this day I am yours. From that day, the Lord takes charge of that devotee. And Sridhar Swami comments on the verse in the 10th canto, uh, Prayers of Lord Brahma, 10, uh, 14, 8, uh, where he says, That a devotee tolerates whatever he has to tolerate and in that way becomes eligible for pure devotional service. So Sridhar Maharaj explains very clearly that even when a person surrenders sincerely there may be due to a little immaturity some uh, remnant of material desire in the mind from previous activities. So, uh, once the person has surrendered, Krishna takes charge and he doesn't fulfill that desire. And what happens is externally, there, there, there are things that happen to the devotee that appear to be like sinful reactions. But it's not. Once, once one has given oneself to Krishna, the karma is finished. But the Lord arranges for situations and activities to happen in such a way that the devotee gets to renounce the material desire and eventually come back to him. So karma is finished, but externally there may still be some apparent karmic reaction. But it's medicine being administered directly by the hand of the Lord. Yes. Nanda Kumar has something to say about that. I was just wondering, because um, there's still that free will of a living entity, and sometimes we see devotees uh, leave. So maybe perhaps they don't really leave in terms of they might leave for this lifetime, they might come back another time. I'm just thinking that that free will is still there. and It's always there. Even when they go back to the spiritual world, it's there. The free will never leaves the in individual soul. The individual soul is a part of Krishna. Krishna is the supreme soul, and he's supremely independent. So we as souls are constitutionally very have very small independence and if that didn't if that weren't true then love could not exist because love is voluntary it's not forced you can't force a person to to love you and that's why krishna arranges things for the devotee until finally he falls in love with krishna so maybe maybe what i'm asking is what is the marker uh, that um, 
you know, sometimes you say, oh, he left, he left, he left devotional service. But if we consider that this devotee gave himself to Krishna, and then due to some, due to Krishna's arrangement, he has difficulty, let's say. And externally it looks, he leaves. But uh, according to this uh, concept that Krishna always takes care of him, then to us it might look that he leaves, but he might be going through some serious test what Krishna is giving him uh, to to purify him. This this normally happens when devotees make serious offenses. Mm. When mm. devotees make serious offenses against other devotees, especially other devotees, mm -hmm. then Krishna takes that seriously also. Mm. It doesn't mean that he's not taking care of the devotee or protecting mm. him, but he's purifying him of that offense. And maybe keeping him away from devotees who doesn't make further exactly offenses. And then when those offenses are used up, then he comes back. Mm. So, mm. you know, we, in, in conditioned life, we tend to see things through the modes of nature and time and space. And therefore, you know, it's a big deal. Mm. But it, consider, just consider that to Krishna, the whole cosmic manifestation, the duration of the whole cosmic manifestation and its withdrawal in, in, back into Vishnu is 311 trillion, 80 billion years. And maybe in some universes it's more. That's one breath of Mahavishnu. One exhalation and inhalation. That's the, the amount of time it takes from, from our point of view. And to Krishna, because Mahavishnu is an expansion and an expansion and an expansion and an expansion, it's not even a blink of the eye. I, I heard Shiva Prabhupada say once, and he wrote a letter that we never leave Krishna, we just forget for a minute, for an instant. And when you go back to Godhead, it's like you've woken up from a dream. And that's exactly what it is. So we're thinking in terms of time and space. And for us, we're so limited in the earth planet. We, we can't see very, we don't have, you know, just like a child, a, a, you know, a very immature child. If you just take something from the child just to look at it for a second. And you tell them, I'll give you this right back. Just just let me look for a second. No! Wah! You know, and they go crazy. You know, because they just can't wait. They can't wait for a second. Because they're childish, they're immature. So when we see through God's point of view, from God's eye, as we say, then these things won't disturb us so much. And we'll be able to understand them more clearly just how the Lord makes the arrangements for devotees to come back to Him in a period of time that for the Lord is nothing. But for us it's a big deal. And maybe that also ties in what Dravid Raj Prabhu said in terms of 
um, the devotional service uh, or it was inappropriate that devotional service here and devotional service there is actually same devotional service exactly but because we don't relish it yet we just can't wait to get out of here I mean we somewhat blame material world for all the trouble but actually it's just we don't enjoy this devotional service yet that's, right. that's that's why we really want to go back but actually for pure devotees hey it's we're here we're They're there already there we're already there it's the yeah. same we're already liberated that's right exactly right Hare Krishna thank you Subhara says, thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Waking us, the sleeping souls, through the transcendental alarm clock. Hare Krishna. And Bhakta Rupa says, thank you for your wisdom, Maharaj. You always say the right things. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Srila Prabhupada always says the right things. And if we just learn to accept and then repeat in our own words, it's never in the same words, but in our own words, then it becomes very satisfying. Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabeda Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Kor Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. So see you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic as Dhruva Maharaj continues his adventure. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow. Hari Bo.